Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Today is March 1st, 2022, and our first story, Belarus has ended its non-nuclear status and will allow Russia to stage nuclear weapons on its land as it warns NATO that they are pushing Russia towards World War III. Things are heating up in the region, and there's a prediction based on an image from Belarusian TV that Russia might actually try to invade Moldova, dramatically escalating the war. In our next story, the Ukrainian president has accused Belarus of already invading Ukraine. In our last story, a fact checker is caught in a major lie claiming the U.S. didn't double our imports of Russian oil, but admitting in the article we did, propaganda is fierce and cutting through it will be difficult. Now, if you like this show, give us a good review, leave us five stars and share the show with your friends. Now, let's get into that first story. At a press conference in Warsaw, Poland, a Ukrainian journalist who had escaped her home country begged Boris Johnson for a no-fly zone, saying NATO is scared of World War III, but it has already started. A no-fly zone would mean Western powers enforcing Russian planes not fly over Ukraine. This means the use of military power. We may already be seeing a direct confrontation between the U.S. and NATO and Russia in the form of cyber attacks, but no one is taking credit necessarily. It's always anonymous or a rogue hacker group. But now I think we have a very real prospect for World War Three, and it's coming from a warning out of Belarus. Lukashenko, he has stated that the West is pushing Russia into World War III. It doesn't matter who is right and who is wrong and who is instigating what. What matters is you've got different factions saying they're right, different countries picking sides. And it's not just about a Belarusian warning. It's about the fact that Belarus has ended their non-nuclear status as of this past weekend. And they are now going to allow Russia to move nuclear weapons onto their territory. This is escalating fast. And it seems to be out of control. You know, a lot of people want to believe in these grand global conspiracies. But I warn you, the idea that these people have a firm grasp on what's happening is just, it's just not true. They may be powerful. They may be wealthy. 
They may be able to snap their fingers and direct resources into building highways and spaceships, but they can't stop being human. And people with power who don't agree wield power in dangerous ways. Now, I don't know if World War Three is going to happen. A lot of people don't like the phrase because it's just a buzzword. You know, they called World War One the Great War. They didn't say it was World War Two. How did they know it was even going to happen? Now everybody's saying World War Three, but, you know, looking at what's going on, Vladimir Putin not backing down. We've got a missile strike on the Kiev TV tower, which is it's iconic. And I'm watching the strike. You've got a shelling on a, a, a on a government building in Kharkiv. You've got accusations that Putin is indiscriminately bombing civilians and killing children. The propaganda is fierce and the conflict is escalating. And now we've got more information, again, coming from Lukashenko, which suggests it's just getting started. In a, in a press conference held by the Belarusian president or dictator, whichever you prefer, I guess he called himself a dictator. He points to a map. This map of Ukraine appears to show accurately where Russia has attacked Ukraine from. However, there are several attack points highlighted that have not happened. Now, some media outlets are saying haven't happened yet, as if to say it's a prediction of what will happen, as if this map shows Russia's plans. But we don't know that for sure. In this map, it shows Russia, Russia attacking Moldova entering Russian-occupied Transnistria. I don't know exactly what's going to happen. Maybe the media is hyping this up. Maybe they want you to believe that Russia is out of control, and so is Belarus. But maybe this map is just potential attacks, and they got some of them right and some of them wrong. Or maybe it really is an accurate depiction of Russia's plans, and that would mean Russia ain't stopping with just Ukraine. When you take a look at Belarus ending their non-nuclear status, effectively joining Russia or U.S. intelligence believe they will, and Ukraine is claiming Belarus has already invaded. Well, it shows that this is not just two countries. China's obviously on the side of Russia. Brazil, Bolsonaro has stated they will remain neutral. Mexico, Mexico is now stating they will remain neutral. It is not the world versus Russia. It is not that clear cut. There are many countries, they're going to sit back and say, we don't know who's coming out on top of this one. And they're going to sit back and say, we'll see. There are many countries, namely in Europe, that feel threatened. So they're obviously going to take sides with the West. This could break down, not too dissimilarly to what we saw with World War II. But history doesn't repeat itself, it rhymes. Now, I hope and I pray we don't go nuclear war. I hope so. But this is scary stuff. Don't panic. But it's hard to say what it's hard to tell people, you know, how to feel. You got to feel however you feel. I can't tell you how to feel. I'll tell you how I feel. I hope for the best. I prepare for the worst. Let's read this story from the mirror. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com and become a member. Just go there and up in the top right, you can see sign up. As a member, you are helping keep our journalists employed. The most important thing. Eventually, we will have columnists who will write opinion pieces and analysis pieces that will go behind a paywall. But I want the news on this side. And so do our journalists to be available to everyone so they can know what's going on. But we got to fund, you know, we got to fund this journalism somehow. And that's how we do it with you as a member. As a member, you get access to exclusive members only segments from the Timcast IRL podcast. We had a great show last night with Lauren Southern. Kind of got out of control and she picked up a sword and it was a whole lot of fun. 
So check that one out over at TimCast.com. But don't forget to also smash that like button. Subscribe to this channel. Share this video with your friends. Criticize or compliment the commentary in the comments below. Because I'm not, I'm, I'm not a seer. I don't know everything. I'm just reading the news and giving you my thoughts and talking about what these reports are saying. Things could be worse than we realize. Or these countries could just be saber rattling. I don't know. It's up to you to decide. At any rate, hope for the best, prepare for the worst. From the mirror, Belarus approves nuke move as West warned. They're pushing Russia into World War III. Belarusian President Alexander Lukashenko has warned that the West is pushing Russia into World War III by imposing sanctions on the country. I've said the same thing. I don't think he's wrong. You are unleashing Vladimir Putin. The one thing, the leverage you have over him is, if you do this, we will take this away, right? But cutting him off just means he'll go further than he normally would have. You can say, so long as you're in our system, don't cross a line. And, he, and, and Putin might say, my line is, I'll invade Ukraine, but okay, fine. After that, don't mess with me. You cut him off from SWIFT, the international banking system, that's what they're doing, and the sanctions. He's going to be like, I got nothing left to lose. You provide, you provide me with nothing. The U.S. may have overstepped, but I, again, I don't know. Far be it for me to act like I know everything about global affairs. They say, and Belarus has formally renounced its non-nuclear and neutral status, allowing Russia to place nuclear weapons on its territory as a result of a referendum held today. Now, this was yesterday, mind you. Lukashenko's comments and the referendum come as President Vladimir Putin put his nuclear force on high alert and warned that intervention by the West would lead to the greatest consequences in history. Lukashenko, a dictator who is a key Putin ally, said, now there is a lot of talk against the banking sector, gas, oil, swift. It's worse than war. This is pushing Russia into a third world war. We need to be restrained here so as not to get into trouble because nuclear war is the end of everything. Lukashenko also significantly extended his exec executive powers as a result of the referendum held while thousands of Russian troops are staged in the country. A joint statement by the EU, UK, US and Canada earlier this week pushed for new sanctions against Russia. A select number of Russian, Russian banks have been removed from the SWIFT international payment system, while Putin's foreign-held assets have been frozen. Additionally, the UK have banned Russian airline Aeroflot from its airspace and has imposed asset freezes against all Russian financial institutions. Belarus has also been subject to sanctions, as military government and border officials have also had their assets frozen and been placed on a travel ban list by the EU and the U.S. for helping to plan and actively supporting the Russian military offensive against Ukraine. And Ukraine is claiming Belarus has already invaded their territory, that actual Belarusian armed forces are doing this, not just Russian forces through Belarus. People are drawing sides, are, are taking sides. Now, I don't know if NATO will be bold enough to intervene on the behalf of, of Ukraine, but Ukraine has submitted for EU uh, to join the EU, and they've accepted the application. It doesn't mean they'll approve of Ukraine. It's entirely possible. They say, you know what? We don't want World War III, so you're on your own. And then Ukraine falls. But does it end there? Belarus has ended its non-nuclear status. Honestly, I don't know. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. 
and you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once, then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. We can see this Kiev's television tower has been hit today. There's video of it. Now, I'll say this as I do with everything. I don't know who fired those weapons. I don't understand why, why Ukraine would fire upon its own targets unless you're saying it's a false flag. But then you're getting a bit too, I don't know, too many, too many, uh, too many assumptions to get to that point. Don't know. It makes more sense that it was Russia shelling the city and it's a key target. Taking out communications is vital in war. So it makes sense that Russia would go after their broadcast tower, the television tower. But people are online these days. It's hard to know exactly why they would make these moves. It's hard to know what their plan is. But I think taking out communication is, is obvious and it's key. Now we have this story. A journalist speaking to Boris Johnson. World War III has already started. Ukrainian journalist breaks down as she urges Boris Johnson to do more. Daria Kaleniuk became tearful as she told the prime minister at a press conference in Warsaw, Poland on Tuesday that he must do more to pr- protect civilians from Vladimir Putin's airstrikes. The executive director of the Anti-Corruption Action Center Civil Society Organization also criticized the fact Chelsea FC owner Roman Abramovich is not under UK sanctions. Mr. Johnson said UK forces engaging in combat with Russians could have disastrous consequences. However, as it risks sparking a third world war, Ms. Kaleniuk had told him, Ukrainian women and Ukrainian children are in deep fear because of bombs and missiles which are going from the sky. Ukrainian people are desperately asking for the rights to protect our sky. We are asking for a no-fly zone. What's the alternative for the no-fly zone? NATO is not willing to defend because NATO is afraid of World War III, but it's already started, and it's Ukrainian children who are there taking the hit. You are talking about more sanctions, Prime Minister, but Roman Abramovich is not sanctioned. He's in London. His children are not in the bombardments. His children are there in London. She said, Mr. Putin's children are safe in mansions that have not been seized. And breaking into tears, added, I don't see that. See that my family members, that my team members are saying we are dying. We don't have anywhere to run. Mr. Johnson responded to say that he was glad she made it to Poland. And he was acutely conscious, conscious that the UK government could not help in the way she wanted. I've got to be honest about that. When you talk about the no-fly zone, as I've said to the Ukrainian president, Volodymyr Zelensky, I think a couple of times, unfortunately, the implication of that is the UK would be engaged in shooting down Russian planes, which would be engaged in direct combat with Russia. That's not something we can do. I think the consequences of that would be truly very, very difficult to control. A no-fly zone is an area established by a military power 
over which aircraft are forbidden to fly, usually imposed during a conflict to prohibit military aircraft from entering a designated space. Countries enforce it through surveillance, preemptive strikes, or attacking any planes that violate the ban. The White House asked about this also dismissed talk of a no-fly zone. You know, I have some thoughts about where this goes and how it could play out. And, and, and these are just, it's just speculative assumption. I have no idea, to be honest. Seeing this, I wonder if the U.S. does nothing. If NATO does nothing and says we're not getting involved in a potential World War III, Russia's going to invade Ukraine. They're not, they're not in the EU. They're not NATO members. So could it be that Russia takes Ukraine, then takes Moldova, continues to press? What about Kaliningrad, north of Poland? What if they start placing troops on the border with Poland? What if Vladimir Putin wants to rebuild the Soviet empire? He wants to reclaim former Soviet states. I don't think he'd do it overnight, but I was certainly wrong when I said they would not go after Kiev. I said I didn't see them. That's insane. I genuinely believed it was crazy. This is what you got to understand about how I'm feeling right now. And it's just me. It doesn't have to be you. Comment below. Let me know how you feel. When we had Steve Renee on Timcast IRL, and we were reading this report saying that Russia would invade from the north, potentially from Belarus, and go into Kiev, I said, that's crazy. Normalcy bias, optimism bias, perhaps on my part. Yeah, I was like, maybe they'll take the eastern regions, the Donbass region, but Kiev and Steve even agreed. And he, he lived in Belarus. He's got experience there. Within two days, Russia actually moves to try and take Kiev. I was wrong. I underestimated Vladimir Putin. I certainly think Joe Biden did, but I certainly underestimated more than Joe Biden, Joe Biden did or other NATO members did. Where does Vladimir Putin stop? And why should we believe after this he does? Now, I certainly understand, at least to a bit, the Russian perspective on this war, but they're invading. Ukraine has a right to vote how they want, and they favor the EU. And that's where they are right now. And, and, and my personal experience being there, that's what I learned from most of the people. They don't trust Russia. They don't trust the former, uh, the former Soviet state. Now, this is where it gets scary. This map, what could it mean? We don't know. Could mean nothing. It could mean everything. In this map, you can see Alexander Lukashenko. They say, uh, this, the caption says, Alexander Lukashenko has appeared in front of a battle map during a state TV broadcast, which appears to detail Russia's attack plans in Ukraine. Or it could be their prediction. But it may be. As we can see, They've divided Ukraine into four different regions. And as the Daily Mail points out, these are the four different mili military command regions of Ukraine. We can see these red lines moving into the city, which show exactly how Russia has staged their attack so far. But it seems to show a little bit more. If you look down by Odessa in the south near Crimea, you can see the lines are pointing to Transnistria, a, a disputed area of Moldova. You can see here. Is this to imply, they say this, the map seems to suggest that a force will be sent from the Ukrainian city of Odessa to attack neighboring Moldova, where Russia already has troops. Could it be a prediction from Lukashenko? Could it be their assumption of what might happen? Or could it be that Russia has been sharing information with them? And that is what's going to happen. The Daily Mail says, it seems Belarus dictator Alexander Lukashenko isn't much of a scholar, at least, in his latest stunt on state TV. 
Addressing a security council today, the strongman appeared to be standing in front of a battle map. The map showed Russian lines of attack heading into Ukraine, some of which have materialized in the first few days of the invasion, such as forces storming towards Kiev from the north and towards Kherson from Crimea. But they also showed off several attacks that have not yet come to pass. Now, hold on there, Daily Mail. Not yet come to pass. We don't that you're implying it will. We don't know. They say with one even appearing to point to the port city of Odessa into Moldova, suggesting Russia plans to march troops into Ukraine's neighbor. The map is split into four sections, which align with the command districts of Ukraine's military, showing Russian attacks from Belarus along Ukraine's eastern border and from occupied Crimea. A two pronged pincer movement is shown targeting Kiev, an attack that is currently playing out, which forces are also shown heading out of occupied Donetsk and Crimea before linking up at Melitopol, which Russia has captured. But attacks are also shown hitting the city of Dnipiro, which has yet to take place, possibly because the forces assigned to attack it have been held up by fierce resistance in Kharkiv, which is along that route. Another attack appears to be heading for the city of Cherkasy via the city of Sumy, where Russian forces have also been held up. While a third appears to break off from the Kiev assault towards Zitomir. Perhaps the most baffling shows troops attacking from the Ukrainian port city of Odessa towards Transnistria, a breakaway region of Moldova. Now, hold on. Right now, Ukraine is claiming Belarus has also invaded. Okay, this is important. If you take a look at this map, you can see one of the attack vectors comes from Belarus. Now, it's been reported that Russia has moved in to the north of Ukraine from this route. Could it be that Belarus is assisting with their own military? Well, Ukraine thinks so. But according to Politico.eu, U.S. sees no indication to back Ukrainian claims Belarus has joined Russian invasion. Ukraine says Belarusian troops entered north of Kiev, but U.S. says it has no confirmation of the reports. Who do you trust? Fog of war and propaganda, we don't know for sure. But the U.S. has already stated they believe Belarus will be joining. And when you look at the reports that they're allowing nuclear weapons onto their territory and they are no longer a non-nuclear state, yo, I think things are heating up rather quickly and dangerously. And if Russia moves into Moldova, I think you're going to then see Europe lose their minds. The EU, I should say. Foreign policy reports. Ukraine's potential Western front. Kiev faces Russian troops from the north and the east. Now it's got to worry about Transdenister too. This is Trans, uh, Transnistria or Transdenister or Transdenister, however you pronounce it. And you know what I love? I, you know what I love? I love news articles that make the narrative, the annoying narrative, just tell me what you mean. No, they do this thing I can't stand where it's like, Transdenister. When visitors cross into Transnistria, an unrecognized breakaway territory straddling Moldova's border with southwest Ukraine, they are met with a modern iteration of the KGB, imposing characters armed with, okay, we get it. What's the threat? Okay. The threat is Russia's got about a thousand soldiers there. And now there's information suggesting it's possible, we don't know for sure what it means, that Russia could be trying to stage troops there. Could it be that the goal of these troops in Transnistria, Moldova, this breakaway region, are setting up resources and a control a headquarters or a control base for an influx of Russian troops that may be coming in. And maybe Russia doesn't go further west into Moldova. Maybe they're using this as a staging ground to attack Ukraine from a western front. It's hard to know for sure. There's also Kaliningrad, 
which Europe needs to be worried about. You take a look at Moldova, and it's possible that if Russia wants to move in and take all of Ukraine, Transnistria is going to grant them a a ton of access because they will be able to move more freely up through the east of Moldova and then be able to reemerge into Ukraine without having to move through Ukraine territory facing Ukrainian resistance. It's a lot of it's 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 an opportunity for Russia. But we also need to make sure we talk about Kaliningrad, which I've mentioned. Kaliningrad is a piece. It's an oblast of Russia. It's actually like a Russian state north of Poland. If this move into Moldova does trigger a greater war, if this is World War III, and more importantly, if Belarus is allowing Russian soldiers to stage on their territory, and they are, and they're allowing nuclear weapons to be brought into their territory, and they are, there is a potential for Russia to try to connect Belarus to Kaliningrad. Right now, Kaliningrad is cut off with air travel being shut down over Lithuania. How is Russia going to get resources into Kaliningrad, the Baltic Sea? They could leave from St. Petersburg and move to the Baltic Sea and then make their way into Kaliningrad to get supplies. But Kaliningrad is heavily militarized. Wouldn't it be easier to have direct access via Lithuania or Poland to Belarus? Could this mean there is a potential that from Belarus and Kaliningrad, there is a pincer move on Lithuania or Poland or both to create a land bridge between the Russian oblast and the Belarusian state? Maybe not. Entirely speculative. But there are fears. Lithuania has been concerned for some time now about Kaliningrad. Sweden is concerned about Kaliningrad. And I have to imagine if Russia has military power there, they will need to use it. With Russia being so heavily sanctioned and having their banking system crippled and their finances crippled, Russia's going to need every asset they can to move them in every direction they can. And Kaliningrad offers them a very powerful attack vector for Poland or Lithuania. Or could it be? Perhaps the inverse. Perhaps. And let me tell you where it gets really scary. And again, this is all speculation. I'm not saying any of this will happen. I'm just saying, take a look at this map, right? Maybe if Russia moves into Moldova to stage troops in Transnistria, the West says we will not appease and we will not tolerate. What happens then if instead of Poland going into Ukraine, Poland says between Lithuania and Poland, Kaliningrad is surrounded. The NATO forces could easily move in and occupy Kaliningrad and strip Russia of that opportunity. I want to I want to be very, very careful here. A lot of people are saying it's World War Three or it maybe is, as we've seen with those stories. But there have been many wars, many wars over the past couple of decades. Why didn't we get any kind of news about this uh, with Iraq? You know what I mean? Like when we're dealing with conflict with the Taliban in Afghanistan, we don't get these play by plays. We don't get these structures being hit. Perhaps it's because it's Europe and we are a very Eurocentric culture. I'm not talking about critical race theory or whiteness. I'm talking about the fact that many of uh, many of us have direct familial connections. I, I personally know people in Ukraine. Luke Rydkowski of We Are Change, who's been on the show on Timcast as a co-host for over 100 episodes. He was born in Poland and he has family from there. We are, we are deeply tied to this as a nation and culture, not to mention allies. So when we see Russia, a very powerful nation, move into Ukraine, 
getting dangerously close to countries in which we have strong political and familial connections. Well, then we start paying attention. But it's also important to realize these are powerful economies. Now, Ukraine's fairly powerful, but not not that much. Their GDP isn't, isn't all that good. Poland isn't all that great, but they are better than a lot of places in the world. And it gets you dangerously close to Germany, where they're a very powerful economy. You're cruising down the highway, windows rolled down, tunes blasting from the radio. You're in the zone and living the dream. Suddenly, your car sputters, coughs, and throws a wrench in your whole day. Tow trucks, repair bills, the dream turns into a nightmare. Don't wait until car trouble steals your peace of mind. Visit CarShield now at carshield.com slash carlson. For nearly 20 years, CarShield has helped millions of drivers avoid the stress of major repairs. They offer plans covering up to 5,000 parts and systems, from your engine and transmission to electronics and more, all for a low monthly rate that fits your budget. CarShield plans also include unlimited miles, 24-7 roadside assistance, and rental options. Get peace of mind now. Visit CarShield online at carshield.com slash carlson. Join millions of customers and contact CarShield now to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash carlson. That's carshield.com slash carlson. Visit now. I worry about how this could play out. And hopefully there is no move. There is no uh, expansion into Transnistria. Hopefully it stops with Kiev. But I don't see why Putin would. The sanctions... The financial attacks, the cyber attacks against Russia are only making Putin and Russians and and Russia, the Russian government, more desperate. That's why I say I don't know if cutting them off from the financial system is a good idea. Let them maintain some kind of, of financial connection so they restrict their movements. I'll put it this way. Putin has a red line. NATO has a red line. Putin was willing to cross a certain line that... NATO was not a, a willing to allow him to cross. It doesn't mean, let's, let's, let's say this way. Imagine a scale from negative 100 to 100. Invasion starts at zero. So you have these, imagine this. Putin is willing to cross over a little bit, saying, look, we're going to go into Ukraine. We're going to shut it down. That's as far as he's willing to go. Why? Well, he really doesn't want to get cut off from SWIFT. He, he really doesn't want to get sanctioned. One of the problems he has with Ukraine as a NATO or EU state is, their flow of natural gas into Europe and the resources they can get from trade based on that natural gas. So clearly, Putin does care about resources and the ability to maintain his economy. The response, however, from the West is to cut off Putin uh, and Russia from these banks. Well, now he's got nothing left to lose. Now he says, we were going to stop here, but after losing all of this, we're going to push forward. Why not? We now are desperate and need to reclaim more resources if we're going to support ourselves. That's the scary thing about war and escalation. But again, I want to make sure I stress. I don't know for sure. Al Jazeera, they they bring up internationally recognized as part of Moldova. Transnistria is home to Russian troops and lies on the Ukraine border. It's a major flashpoint. It seriously is. It could be the escalation. The Express reports. We're on the brink of World War III. Ex-US VP Dan Quayle has warned World War III, uh, the brink of World War III as Russian troops continue in Putin's attempt to conquer Ukraine. Man, is this the case? I don't know. Ground News, a series of articles tw- uh, 21 hours ago. 
World War Three warning. NATO troops on the ground in Ukraine would spark third world war. So what do we do? This is why uh, one of the reasons, mind you, I'm very anti-war. But there's a challenge here, a deeply uh, moral and philosophical question about what we allow from Vladimir Putin and why. If Putin goes in and takes what they want through threats and force, threats of nuclear weapons and bombings in Kiev, what does that say to the rest of the world? Does it potentially increase instability? Yes, it does. It does increase. It, it, it does have the potential to do so. I think it actually will. That's my opinion. So what do we do? If we respond, we just make everything worse. And therein lies the deep challenge. I mentioned this several times. I don't believe in mutually assured destruction. And I think Vladimir Putin is banking on that. If somebody were to fire a nuke at you, uh, I'll, 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 I'll give you the story, the analogy I gave uh, the other day for those that, are, that missed it. Someone comes to you, a general, and they say, sir or ma'am, there are 17 nuclear warheads on their way to hit every major city on the eastern seaboard. 17, 18, 20, whatever. You get the point. We can't stop them. They will, ar- they will arrive in two hours and these cities will be destroyed. We can, however, fire our nukes in response and wipe out millions of civilians, civilians on their side. Who would want to be the person to do that? Some people would. They'll say, well, if you're killing our civilians, we'll kill yours. But to me, that sounds crazy. The missiles are on the way. They can't be stopped. Why kill more people? It won't prevent what's already to come. Will it feel good? Will it be emotional? I don't believe in it because you, you have that story of the Russian uh, guy. I believe he's in a submarine and he got an alert that nukes had been fired. And he was told uh, he was ordered to fire nukes. And he said, no, he's considered a hero. Because he would have started World War III and it would have been a, a mistake. How crazy would that have been? But they thought nukes had been fired. So I don't know how this will play out. Neither do you, neither does, neither does anyone. But all we've seen recently has been escalation. The West is escalating. They're saying they don't want to. Uh, Putin is escalating. He's got his objective and he's invaded. So where does it end? Well... To get deeply religious, we'll throw it to Pat Robertson. He said Putin is being compelled by God to invade Ukraine and fulfill biblical prophecy. Read your Bible because it's coming to pass. Yikes. I don't know that's kind of language we need right now, but certainly a lot of people have been discussing revelations and the mark of the beast. You would you would need it to buy, sell or trade. And that actually happened. Okay. Maybe it's a coincidence. The mark of the beast. You would need it to you would need to bear the mark of the beast to buy, sell, or trade. Here we are with the vax mandates and passports. Now those have ended. So maybe it's just a coincidence. But now you've got uh, Pat Robertson coming out in this presentation. Let me see if I have it. God is getting ready to do something amazing. CBN founder Pat Robertson on Russia. He says, you know, this area west of Ukraine is Gomer. Russia is Rosh. Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan, Magog, Togerma, and Tubal, Persia, put the names of these regions. He believes we're watching some kind of biblical prophecy play out. I don't know about all that. I got to say, though, in these past couple of years, I've certainly seen things that have really freaked me out. The George Floyd mural on the side of a building. The wall 
only of George Floyd wearing a crown being struck by lightning, exploding on a partly cloudy day, the inner wall being fine and there being no damage to the roof. And I'm just like, what is that? Or that comedian who mocks people who are unvaccinated, saying that she's gotten vaccinated three times and then says Jesus loves her the most before suffering some kind of episode, collapsing, hitting her head on the stage. And I believe she fractured it. Everybody's kind of like, yikes. You know, it could just be coincidence, to be honest. But, you know, when I heard that story, I didn't even realize she blasphemed. Interesting. I'm not a, a theistic individual. I'm not deeply religious. I do believe in God. But I got to tell you, man, I don't know about this stuff. But certainly people feel like something big is on the horizon. And I hope it is not a nuclear World War III. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcastirl, where we may actually play the State of the Union address and discuss it. Um, but I got, I got to talk to the people who are coming on because it's at 9 p.m. Eastern and we do the show 8 to 10. So we might, you know, do the show from 8 and then at 9, turn on the State of the Union, which is probably going to be late anyway. So we'll see how it plays out. But I'll leave it there. YouTube.com slash timcastirl. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you all then. As the war in Ukraine rages on, new information has emerged. Photos showing a massive convoy of purported Russian military vehicles are making their way into the country. And according to Ukraine, Belarusian forces joining Russia have already invaded the country. And I don't know exactly what's true. I do know that the wave of propaganda that came out very early on is mostly false. And we now have mainstream media backing it up. Everything they were claiming about these heroes and these amazing stories, lies. And I'm going to show you the ghost of Kiev, probably not real. I said probably because, well, there's been no evidence it is. You know what I should say? I should say not real. I'll just say that, not real. You know why? Because there's no evidence proving the person, that the actual fighter pilot exists. There's been some statements by the government, I guess. But the only footage that apparently came out was from a video game. So uh, not real. Then you have Snake Island. It's now confirmed that the guys on Snake Island, these are the guys who told Russia to go F themselves alive. They didn't, maybe, maybe they really did say Russia, go F yourself, sure, but they weren't killed. And you had all these, you know, like left establishment activists being like, they died. Whoa, man. Well, I'll tell you what's going on right now. Fog of war. And I find this, this is a truly fascinating uh, phenomenon. What you're seeing on the screen, for those that are watching the video or click the title, this is President Volodymyr Zelensky performing what's called the Red Salute. And I differentiate the Red Salute from the raised fist specifically because of the angle of his arm. So you may have seen people at protests, they raise their fist up in the air. And that is considered to be like defiance or solidarity or revolution or something like that. What Zelensky is doing is he's holding his arm at a, a right angle and performing a, 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 a fist that exposes the fingers in your direction. The, the purpose of showing the fingers f facing forward is it's a sign of uh, the, the initial idea was each individual finger was weak, but together they're strong. Now, the reason I'm showing this is because I have, I have a question about fog of war and trying to understand what's really happening. Is Vladimir Putin actually fighting against the communist new world order and Zelensky is performing the communist fist? I have I have no idea. Maybe Zelensky's just an idiot. He doesn't know what he's doing. It's possible. I mean, he was just a comedian. Maybe he really doesn't know. Maybe he sees this, doesn't understand the connotations of what it means to raise a communist fist right now. And 
he's just doing it because he thinks it means solidarity, I suppose. To some people, that is what it means. But I think that's, um, I don't think it matters, right? If someone was performing the Nazi salute and they said, oh, I didn't know what it meant. I thought it meant like, you know, stand up strong or something. I'd be like, I don't care. Like if, if, if the ideology of these groups has persisted and evolved to the point where you've adopted it and you don't understand the underlying messaging you're putting out, I mean, that's on you, right? So we have a bunch of news about fog of war. And I think one of the, one of the most fascinating things is this. Russia will continue the military operation in Ukraine until its goals are achieved and will host the first international anti-fascist conference in August, says Defense Minister uh, Shoigu, or however you pronounce it. I find that to be uh, truly the most hilarious. I'm just, okay, hold on a minute. Who are the communists and the bad guys in this circumstance? Vladimir Putin's holding an anti-fascist conference, but Zelensky is doing the communist fist. So they're both communists fighting each other. Russia is remnants of the old communist Soviet Union aligned with communist China. But Zelensky, who's working with the communist World Economic Forum, raising the communist fist, is the real conspiracy theory that the whole thing is staged and they're all communists working together or the goal is to manipulate you, to convince you to side with one person or the other. Perhaps Zelensky is performing this fist simply because he knows American left-wing activists perform it and he's trying to earn favor with the dominant political establishment. Perhaps Vladimir Putin is claiming anti-fascism or whatever because he's trying to manipulate the left as well because he wants activists in the United States who support Antifa or anti-fascism to be like, well, he must not be bad or something like that. Of course, they'll come out and claim he's not really Antifa. He's a fascist. And it's funny because it's like then they sound like conservatives when conservatives criticize Antifa for not really being anti-fascist. You see, this is what I love about the fog of war. What is true? It's hard to know. What I can say is there are some things that are easy to break down. Zelensky has applied for EU membership, and this means Russia will go 10 times harder. I mean, maybe not 10 times harder, but they're going to be, it will bolster Vladimir Putin's resolve to a certain degree. Putin does not want Ukraine aligning with the West. So this seems like Zelensky giving a big middle finger to, uh, to Putin. Now, the latest reporting I've heard is that the application has been accepted, not approved. Meaning Ukraine, they're, they're high, the highest ranking officials, president, prime minister, they've signed the document saying they want to join the EU. Of course they want to join the EU. Of course they want to be in the Schengen zone. It doesn't mean it will be approved. But of course that means Russia has every reason now to take Ukraine in its entirety. Here's a story from Daily Mail. A hero's salute, is that what they call it? Zelensky raises his fist as he acknowledges standing ovation after telling EU politicians, we are sacrificing our lives for freedom amid claims. Belarus troops have entered Ukraine while huge Russian convoy snakes towards Kiev. Okay, let's read the latest updates here. But I want to point out, just go to the Raised Fist Wikipedia. And it says the Raised Fist or Clenched Fist is a a long-standing image of mixed meaning, often a symbol of political solidarity. It is also a common symbol of communism and can be used as a salute to express unity, strength, and resistance. The thing is, you had two big salutes during the early 1900s, the Red Salute and the Roman Salute. The Roman Salute was adopted by fascists and Nazis. That's, of course, what you see the Nazis do, raising their arm in a straight angle. It's the Roman Salute. 
You then have the communist red fist, which was the 90 degree right angle fist showing its fingers facing you. Again, the idea being the fingers together are strong. It's interesting that one, you can perform walking down the street and the mainstream media supports you and the other, you'll, yeah, you'll lose your job and you'll be canceled and all that stuff. Both are political uh, extremes. Both are extremist ideologies. The use of the fist uh, as a salute by communists and anti-fascists is first evidence in 1924 when it was adopted by the Communist Party of Germany's Rotor Front Kampferbund, Alliance of Red Front Fighters. Okay, sure. Popular front salute or anti-fascist salute. Okay. Anti-fascist action, of course, was the militant wing of the German Communist Party before the rise of the Nazis. And so, yeah, it very much does mean that. And maybe it's a dog whistle, I'd like to say, or maybe Zelensky just has no idea what he's doing, but he did it. They're going to say the Ukrainian president, who has become a symbol of courage, composure and defiance in recent days, addressed parliamentarians in Brussels via video link from Kiev, which is currently facing down a 40 mile convoy of Russian tanks and artillery seemingly intent on surrounding and bombing the city into submission. Zelensky urged the EU to recognize Ukraine as a member, a move sure to infuriate Vladimir Putin, saying his nation has proved that we are your equals, and it is now time to prove that you are at our side. It came as Ukraine claimed that Belarusian troops have now entered the war, as Russia's close ally helps tighten the noose. I can no longer say hello or good evening, because every day is the last day he had. Lives are being sacrificed for values, for rights, for freedoms, to have the same equality that you enjoy, we will win, I'm sure. I would like to hear you say that Ukraine's choice to be part of Europe is also your choice. We want to be members of the EU. Without you, Ukraine will be alone. This is exactly why Russia is invading. You can agree or disagree. You can say one side's right or wrong. But the point is, Putin believes, and there's some truth. I mean, there's political conflict. It's all perspective. That, okay, so let me, let's go back in time to 2014. There was a protest at Maidan. They called it Euro Maidan. They called it Independence Square. I believe it's Independence Square. U- Ukrainians were protesting. They wanted to join the EU. I mean, think about it. You're Ukraine. It's very hard to travel through Europe. You join the European Union. You get in the Schengen zone. Now you have free travel. So for those who don't know, the Schengen zone is this area. I think it's like 26 countries where you can freely travel with open borders. In the United States, imagine it this way. When you drive from New York to uh, New Jersey, there's no border guards, even though they're different states with different jurisdictions. They're they're different jurisdictions. They're different laws. It's generally the idea with the Schengen zone, kind of, that you can be in France and drive to Germany and just it's, it's open. You just no one stops you and checks your passport. If Ukraine was allowed to enter the EU, Ukrainians who have a really bad economy could then go to the well, not to the UK anymore because of Brexit. But they could go to these other countries like France or Germany and find better paying jobs. And thus, it would be good for the Ukrainian citizens who want to go work somewhere else. But ultimately, it could be very bad for their country and the EU because Ukraine's economy is not strong enough. So it would basically create this lop, this lopsided circumstance economically. And we've seen that with Greece and we've seen it with Spain. It doesn't work, all, work out all that well. But I digress. Russia doesn't want... EU, more EU member states or NATO states on their borders. But more importantly, Vladimir Putin has stated his view, whether he's right or wrong, I'm not saying he's right. His view stated is that the US basically propped up this fake regime in 2014 after the ousting of the, the, the president Yanukovych, who then fled to uh, to Russia. And then they put in, there was a, there was a te- uh, temporary acting president, then there was Poroshenko, and now there's Zelensky. 
And uh, Putin views these as illegitimate. He thinks that these, these elections were shams and that this is a propped up regime. And look, if Putin believes that, maybe he's wrong. I, I got to tell you, I know people in Ukraine. I've asked them. I was on the ground in 2014. People in Kiev, they're like, we're very much more Western, very pro-Europe, pr very pro-EU, and we don't trust Russia because of the Soviet Union and the Holodomor. In the East, it's different. Putin's perspective is of the East. He doesn't trust the, the, the government in Ukraine. And now that Zelensky is just rushing through being a, a, a member state of the EU, his view is Ukraine has lost their independence. And you now have a regime regime that wants to give Ukrainian sovereignty effectively to Brussels or to Germany, to the EU. And we've seen what happens to a lot of these states under the boot uh, in, in the EU. Now, I'm not saying it's all bad. I'm not saying it's all I'm not saying any of it's true. I'm saying this is the perspective in this conflict. Of course, the West will argue that Putin is just trying to invade Ukraine and take over and trying to uh, get a more favorable play for himself because Russia wants to expand the trade federation. He, he wants to bring back something akin to the Soviet Union, the great Russian empire. So that's more of the Western perspective. Quote, Oh, I'm sorry, I read that already. So let's, let's read. They say his speech came in stark contrast to pre-recorded message delivered by Russian for Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov to the UN Human Rights Council in Geneva, during which he attempted to blame the unfolding carnage on Kiev, prompting dozens of Western diplomats to walk out in a show of solidarity. There are fears that Russia is about to massively step up its assault on Ukraine, including on its major cities using heavy and indiscriminate bombardments. Now, there's been video coming out of a government building in Kharkiv being bombed and civilians being killed. I got to point out Hollywood is under siege, covertly compromised by a global adversary. The same Hollywood that sold the American dream to the world is now making nightmares a reality. The American way of life is being censored by the Chinese Communist Party. Some films have scenes completely altered. Other films have lost their funding or been canceled altogether. Some actors have been banned from China for supporting human rights. Hollywood Takeover is a documentary brought to you by the Epoch Times, revealing how the CCP has infiltrated major movie studios. Join Chris Fenton, a former Hollywood executive, and Tiffany Meyer, an investigative news reporter, through their journey in exposing how the film industry gradually lost its integrity on its path to profits. Don't miss the most important documentary ever made about Hollywood. For a limited time, watch the first 10 minutes for free on HollywoodTakeover.com slash Tim. That's HollywoodTakeover.com slash T-I-M. Fog of war, man. Let's talk about fog of war. PolitiFact. PolitiFact of all sources. The ghost of Kiev clip is from a video game, not a video of fighting in Ukraine. PolitiFact. These are left, like left Democrat activists. They say, a Ukrainian pilot nicknamed the ghost of Kiev is rumored to have shot down several Russian aircraft. It is unclear if such a pilot exists. Just say it's not true. Listen, if someone comes out and says the, the ghost of Kia, uh, you know, the, the, the champion of Madrid, he, he, he rode on the back of a bull and stormed through and conquered the fascists or whatever. It's like, bro, you can say whatever you want. Picks or it didn't happen. If they want to claim the ghost of Kiev exists, you need proof he exists. If you have these videos and they're from a video game, it's not real. OK, then. I'm just going to go and say the story's fake. Fake, fake, fake. There's a lot more. Take a look at this one. Snake Island border guards who were feared dead 
feared? We were told they sacrificed their lives. After telling Russian Navy to go F yourself, are alive and are being held as prisoners of war by Russia. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they still said, go F yourself. Cool. And then they got taken captive. The story was that Russia killed them because they want you to hate. They want you to hate Russia. If you hate them, you oppose them ideologically, then they can use you in their war effort. I understand it. I understand why they do it, but I'm not a fan. The truth will set you free. Take a look at this tweet from Yossi Gestetner. He makes a bunch of points uh, about profit and what's going on. But one thing he brings up that I thought was interesting, he says, we are being had by the hour. Time magazine cover fake. Ukrainian presenter taking up arms. It's a paintball shooting. Ghost of Kiev fake. Snake on massacre fake. Putin fired his top general yesterday. Fake. 5,300 dead Russians in four to five days. Sure. Everything goes. Many people who are against shutting down travel from six countries until we can figure out what the hell is going on favor sanctions on random Russians. App pays down. Uh, app pays are down. Web hosting, immigration visas, college students and more. It's always about agendas, never about morals. Nailed it. There are people in the U.S. that are saying we should ban Russians from schools. People are vandalizing Russian buildings. It's insane. You, you, you see exactly how war plays out regardless of, of whose side it is because people are, are zombie NPCs, non-player characters. You have people right now wanting to punish random Russian citizens over the actions of what Russia is doing. We're seeing that people in Russia are struggling to use their trains. You know, it's funny. We talk about how collateral damage is wrong and bombing civilians and all that stuff is wrong. Who do you think runs the economy that fuels the war effort? Who do you think makes the weapons that are used by the military? Who do you think's facilitating the actual war effort? There is no strong distinction in a serious war between civilians and military. By all means, people can say, oh, that's controversial. The idea being that in modern European-based warfare, you have... Um, rules of engagement, you have war crimes, and we have gentlemanly combat. But let me clarify what I mean. Killing civilians is wrong. We view war as take out their, their, their you know, if, if you've got someone who's holding a club, the idea is to disarm them of the club, but not to, to kill the person, just take away their ability to fight. So when we go after military installations, we're trying to shut down their ability to fight and, and not harm the civilians who aren't involved in the fight. But let's talk about actual war. Not this European gentlemanly, we must abide by the rules. You want to talk about real war? Real war is anything goes. And that's scary. Don't, when people talk about war crimes, they say, yeah, but war crimes exist when there's international courts to uphold them. If you have a country that says, we want you dead and we will do anything, you think they're going to be deterred? So you can criticize Russia all day, every day. I certainly think bombing civilian targets is wrong. They bombed a government building. But I'm pointing out, if the West is targeting critical infrastructure, it's hurting civilians. Now, why is that okay? They're going to starve out. If you've got modern warfare, which is cyber war, we're seeing ATMs being sh you know, shut down. We're seeing electric car charging being shut down. We're seeing trains processing being shut down. How is the targeting of civilians with economic damage, how is that okay? The reality is when it comes to war, 
people target civilians because civilians facilitate the war. You take away all of the civilians of Russia. Who's going to fuel Putin's uh, ships? Who's going to fuel his vehicles? Who's going to who's going to become soldiers? Who's going to make the bullets? Who's going to make the guns? Who's going to transport them? Of course, there are uh, people in the army and the military who can do a lot of these things. But the GDP, the, the economics, the facilitation of resources come from civilians. So you better be damn sure that if you're dealing with a real war, you recognize they will kill civilians and they will do it strategically. That is to say, shutting down the critical infrastructure of Moscow to negatively impact civilians hinders their economic growth and their economy in general. And that will harm Vladimir Putin. Of course, it means that people in Russia will not be able to transport food. They will start starving out and they will suffer greatly. And that's the goal in war. The West is hoping that by choking out and strangling out uh, figuratively and literally, I suppose, these uh, uh, Russian civilians, popular support will turn against Putin and the people of Russia will say, submit. Therein lies the big question. Do the people of Russia hold similar values to Vladimir Putin? I believe, well, it depends on who you ask. There are certain polls in the West. They say the polls are faked and everyone hates Putin. But I talk to people, um, you know, when I was in Ukraine and I talked to Russians and they say they love Putin. So it depends. Are the people of Russia willing to forego conveniences if it means winning this conflict? Or are they just going to say, I just want to be on OnlyFans and play video games? What motivates the Russian people? That's the big question. I'm not entirely convinced it's being anti-fascist. Sure, I guess, if Russia is the communists. Vox.com reports, Putin's Nazi rhetoric reveals his terrifying war aims in Ukraine. Russia's president says he wants the denazification of Ukraine. That actually means regime change. Um, the West supported regime change in Ukraine and in Syria. And Vladimir Putin is doing the same thing. The problem supposes a big difference between the East and the West. Putin lost the influence game. Hands, hands down, lost it. You look at popular culture, social media, big tech, all of that stuff. Of course, Russia has their own infrastructure, but everyone is using Western global technologies. Uh, the payment processors, Apple Pay, Google Pay. You know what? Russia, China, this is your Achilles heel. So, of course, they're trying to, to, to build their own to get past this. But this shows you how the U.S. has gained tremendous control over the population of Russia. Not completely. But when they want to use OnlyFans, they can't. They're going to complain about it. More westernized Russians, I suppose. Russia will need to build infrastructure to get away from that. But think about this. Well, I'll put it this way. I, I like the game Civilization. It's a video game. Civilization, and I think, what, around six or seven? I don't know. Um, I've been playing it since I was a kid. I started, the first one I played was Civilization 2. In it, you build a civilization. And you can go to war and stuff like that. It's a really, really fun game if you haven't played it. In the modern versions of Civilization, there are many ways to gain a victory. A science victory, a military victory, a cultural victory. Within the game, there's an interesting phenomenon. You build cities. Settlers build cities. You develop the cities. Your borders expand. Eventually, after time goes on, your borders butt up against the borders of other countries. Early on in human history, there were big swaths of no man's land that no one had claimed, and then eventually people claimed it. If, you're, if you have a city 
very close to another city in the game, and you focus on building culture, exporting music and art, as your culture expands, your borders expand. That's how your, cult, your, your, your borders grow initially. But what happens when your borders are pressing up against the borders of other countries? If you dominate culturally, eventually the people, it's hard to do, but eventually the people in a, in a, in a foreign city will actually, your borders will encroach on theirs and they will vote to join your country. Now, it's just a video game. The idea is the concept exists in, in, in modern understanding of how war works. Russia is dealing with this. Western culture is influencing Ukraine, and now Ukraine is favoring the West. Russia doesn't want that. They don't like the idea that Western culture has taken over in Ukraine to a great degree. So they opt for the military occupation. Their culture, Russian culture, is not working. It is not expanding. So they go in by force. But you know what that means? They're losing the minds of the people. You can occupy a country with guns, but people will resist. You need to win the hearts and minds. That's why I always say nonviolent civil disobedience works. Putin is losing that. I don't know if occupation will work. I really don't. Because the people of Ukraine are going to say no. But we'll see. How many people in Ukraine do support Russia and oppose the West? I don't think enough. But again, war is, war is here. We'll see how this plays out. China may be forced to enter on the side of Russia. They're already going to be, be providing um, you know, financial services. There's reports that every adversary of the U.S., whether it's beneficial or not, will be trying to aid Russia in their, in their economy due to the uh, sanctions. They're going to try and aid them economically. I don't know if uh, a World War III will be an even match. Russia doesn't have uh, the—they've got, you know, what, like a third to half the power— of the Western nations of NATO and the United States. They do have more nukes, though. And I think Putin, he's not going to want to lose. It's possible he uses them. But anyway, I'll leave it there. More, uh, the next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. The same people that believed Jussie Smollett have been lecturing me for the past several years on medical advice. And many of these same people are threatening to censor my accounts and ban me for disagreeing with them. And these are the people who believed Jesse Smollett. The same people who believed Jesse Smollett are now lecturing me on Ukraine. And they're threatening censorship against anyone who disagrees with them. These people are deranged. They are psychotic. The reality is, in many circumstances, they're just fighting a war. And that war involves you. You are the target. They want you to believe what they want you to believe. And the same is true for our adversaries or for the other factions involved in this conflict. We have this story that's going viral because I, 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 I and it deserves to. Oh, I, I, I love it. It's so good. Maria Bartiromo, she made a statement. She said, we have doubled our oil imports. Well, actually said we have doubled our imports from Russia in the last year, referring to oil. PolitiFact says, mostly false. Okay, the question is, is it a true statement that we have doubled our oil imports from Russia in the last year? Well, PolitiFact's headline for the article is, the U.S. did not double oil imports from Russia in the last year. Ugh. Thank you for clearing that up, Jacob Reyes. I was confused because Maria Bartiromo said it was true. 
Oh, okay. What's this? There's more in the article. If your time is short, they say the U.S. did double the amount of crude oil imported from Russia last year. Wait, what? You, the U.S. did not double oil imports from Russia in the last year. And then it says, if your time is short, the U.S. did double the amount of crude oil imported from Russia last year. Bravo to all of the people who believed Jussie Smollett. That will forever be your badge of honor. To all the people who believe the Covington lies or the fake Michael Brown story or the fake George Floyd story or the fake Ahmed Arbery story. The list goes on. And now you want me to believe you about Ukraine. So we got guys working here over at the castle. We got a lot of work being done. Concrete getting poured, all that good stuff. And I had one of the workers say to me, you know, what do you think's going to happen with this war? I mean, I'm hearing that Putin is bombing kids and civilians. And I said, why would he do that? And uh, I, the response was, I, I don't know. Why would he? And I'm like, I don't know. Why would Vladimir Putin bomb kids? Could it be collateral damage? It could be. In all seriousness, it could be. It could be there's a target, which is a government building, which is critical infrastructure for the operation of Ukraine, and, and Putin wants it destroyed, and there's kids nearby. Okay, that's true. It could also be they're lying to you. They're lying to you because they want you to view, they want you to hate Vladimir Putin. They want you to hate Russia. They want you to hate Russians. And this is a really good example. How does this work? You may be asking me, Tim, if the article says two different things at the same time, isn't it just a bonk article? Yes, but we're talking about algorithms and subtle manipulation. You see, the title, the headline of this article is the U.S. did not double oil imports from Russia in the last year. So when you Google search or if you post on Facebook anything that contradicts the narrative, they can use this article to debunk both. Maybe you say they didn't. Maybe they want to debunk you and they'll say it's a lie. Here's proof. PolitiFact. PolitiFact, part of the Pointer Institute. The Pointer Institute is who certifies fact checkers on Facebook. They are manipulating you. They think you're stupid. They want to control what you think, what you see, what you hear, what you believe. I cannot tell you what is true necessarily. I can only be that guide hacking away the vines as we both make our way through this patch of overgrowth. Did the U.S. double the amount of crude oil imported? I don't know. The article says both. Now, truth be told, there are many sources saying we did. What PolitiFact is doing is trying to obfuscate the fact that we currently get oil from Russia while we're at war with them because something don't add up, does it? Now, let's get to the nuance of how they manipulate. There's actually more in the time is short section. It says the most recent data from the U.S. Energy Information Administration shows the U.S. increased its oil imports from Russia by about 28% in the first 11 months of 2021. The U.S. did double the amount of crude oil imported from Russia last year, but Russia accounts for only 3% of, of overall U.S. crude oil imports in 2021. Does that mean what Maria Bartiromo said is false? No, what she said is objectively and definitively true. So what dirty game are they playing? I suppose they want to keep people stupid, in the dark and confused. And this explains a large portion of the country, maybe half of the voting bloc, mindless non-player characters who will believe whatever they're told to believe. And these are the people who go out and vote for Joe Biden. There are a lot of dumb people, in my opinion, to vote for Donald Trump, of course, because there are a lot of dumb people. 
But I feel like uh, it's a perfect, it's the perfect bell curve. You, know, you ever see the bell curve meme where it's a really dumb guy in the back and a really smart guy in the front and average guy in the middle at the top of the curve? And you see all the stupid people being like, hey, hey, I voted for Trump. And then you have people in the middle crying, being like, no, you have to vote for Joe Biden. And then you have all the smart people being like, Trump is the clear path forward. The reason Trump is, is because smart people will tell you that Trump represents a lot of bad stuff. He's brash. He's egotistical, arrogant, potty mouthed. But he did care about this country. He did want to secure our border, something the United States needs for its uh, survival of the community. He wanted to get rid of these uh, agreements like the TPP, which would uh, give foreign governments control over consumerism in the United States. For all the really bad things Trump represented, he was going to make your life better. As an American who votes, that's your goal. Now, it's possible you're an American who wants to see the country burn to the ground and you'd vote against its interests. So that makes sense, I suppose, if you voted for Joe Biden. But the reality is, I think, they just keep people stupid and in the dark. So you vote for someone like Joe Biden because they can't take that away from you. Now, they'd love to. They would love to get to the point where they can rule by decree, which they've been doing, where they take away your firearms and your right to defend yourself, which they've been doing. And one grain of sand at a time, they have been gaining ground because of the non-player character people in this country, the NPCs, the people who believed Covington, the, pe the Covington story, the people who believed the Justice Smollett story, the people who still believe hands up, don't shoot. Remember that one? The people who still believe Ahmed Arbery was just jogging. The prosecutor in that case said he was a felony burglary suspect. But the media can put out lies. And what the left does is they'll take out of context video. Here's what they did. When I said the Ahmed Arbery thing was a lie, referencing that the prosecutor actually said Arbery was a felony burglary suspect. They clip out that part. They don't tell you the truth. And they say, can you believe Tim Poole is saying the Ahmed Arbery story is a lie? I'll say it a million times because it's true. It is true. Ahmed Arbery was not jogging. He wasn't. Now, whether or not he, he, he you know, the con any of that stuff happened, that's a moral question. I think it was wrong for the most part, for the most part, because there's difficult moral and ethical questions involved. But the goal here, in my opinion, is to be honest, to help you understand the world and to, uh, to break free from the matrix. Here we can see the goal of PolitiFact is not to do that. What they are doing here is not helping you understand the world. They're making it harder for you to understand the world. The goal of the fact checker is not to help you understand. It is to make it harder for you to understand. Because anyone who reads this is going to be confused. What are you talking about? They doubled. The, you, you're saying they didn't, but they did. You see, they're playing a dirty game. Oil imports and crude oil imports are different things. Then you don't know what Maria Bartiromo was talking about. Because you, look at this, they added the word oil. Maybe she meant crude. What if what if we put what if I changed this from oil to crude and then said it was mostly true? They're lying to control you. But let's talk about the what's going on with censorship. From The Verge, YouTube blocks Russian news channel RT and Sputnik in Europe. Move follows similar blocks on Facebook and Instagram. In fact, we have this from Timcast, YouTube, Facebook and TikTok block Russian state media in Europe. TikTok I find interesting because that's Chinese. It's very interesting. Multiple social media outlets have taken aim at propaganda from state-owned Russian media. I agree it is propaganda. But keep in mind, this, the, the content being produced by the American corporate press is also propaganda. What is true? I don't know. I try to think about motivations for people. I try to understand, you know, what, what are Putin's motivations? What's going on in, in, in Ukraine? And truth be told, I probably only know 1% 
of what's really happening in Ukraine. Even, and I was there and I talked to a lot of people, but it's, it's, there's probably a lot more going on we don't know. I think it's a, a reasonable conclusion. Well, that being said, I'm, I, I condemn the invasion outright. I think, it's, uh, I think it's wrong. I think Putin has become desperate and he thinks he's going to take this country or, or pull out, a, he's going to do regime change by force. Never a fan of that. The, 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 you know, the, the, the influence games the U.S. has played, it's bending the rules but bribing and offering money and political influence and loans, it's like, we don't like it, but it's better than conquest, I suppose. It's a form of conquest for sure, but Russia can't, can't compete with the U.S., so they're like, yeah, we'll go in and blow stuff up. That to me is insane. But there's difficult questions. And those questions are now, as we're learning about what's happening in Ukraine, who benefits? There's a story today, Kharkiv, a bombing. Who did it and why? Well, I saw a video of a bombing, a missile strike. I hear people yelling in a language I can't understand. And then I'm told by American state media, the same people who believed Jesse Smollett, mind you, that it was the Russians bombing civilians. I heard they bombed a shopping mall for no reason. That's insane. Russia has limited militaristic capabilities. They, they have uh, around half to, I think, maybe like 60% of the capabilities of NATO, more nuclear weapons, but a lot less ground troops. Why would they waste? Why would, why would Russia waste rockets, missiles, artillery fire on a, on, a, on, a, on a civilian building? What do they have to gain by it? Could it be there's a military installation disguised as a civilian building? It's possible. Could it be that Russia didn't actually do it? It's also possible. But I tell you this, in the court of law, we present our cases. When someone says, it's a civil, civil lawsuit, I accuse you. Well, then a judge says, come before me and present your evidence, and we will have a discussion about this, and sometimes juries are involved. And in criminal cases, the state says, here's what we believe, and you offer up your defense. Both sides are able to offer up a full and effective defense. Not always. Sometimes evidence is excluded. Some people think it's wrong, but typically a judge tries to be fair. Sometimes you have corrupt judges. What we're dealing with now on the global stage is stories and accusations of war crimes by Vladimir Putin, which it's possible. Don't get me wrong. I think he's driven by ideology for sure. But there's no court. There's no judge. There's no arbiter to say, present your evidence. This evidence is excluded. This evidence is included. What's happening is claims are being made while major corporations who have lied, who have gaslit us, are now trying to stop Russia from speaking at all. And so you see, media outlets Russia Today and Sputnik have had their social media access in the EU essentially shut down as major online platforms take aim at the Russian state-owned media companies. They say on Sunday following the invasion of Ukraine, the EU announced it would ban Russian state media from its various countries. The state-owned Russia Today and Sputnik and their subsidiaries will no longer be able to spread their lies to justify Putin's war. The president of global policy at Facebook and Instagram parent company Meta, Nick Clegg, said in a tweet, Monday, that multiple governments had requested the platforms restrict access by the Russian media companies. Meta had previously announced that Russian state media outlets would not have access to place ads or monetize content on various platforms. Why? Should there not be an opportunity for Russia to state its case? You see, with war happening and there being no arbiter, you effectively have two parties to a major dispute, a war, and no rule set to resolve it. So are civilians being bombed? I've not seen any direct footage of civilians in the aftermath of a bombing. I have seen footage of bombings. I have not seen footage of who launched these bombs. 
So let's go back to Covington. Remember this? Nick Covington is on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial. Let me tell you where my, my, my mind is. Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout fastgrowingtrees.com code pool offer is valid for a limited time terms and conditions may apply this video gets sent to me uh people are tweeting at me and they're like tim you got to talk about this respond to this this is gross even conservatives people on the right were like this is abhorrent behavior we we reject it and i watched this clip of this kid standing in front of a guy banging a drum and I'm just like, I don't, I don't understand what's happening. I have no conclusions to draw. It's just a kid standing there. Who did what? What's happening? And people were like, look at him. He's all smug and he's in this guy's face. And I'm like, but I, I have no idea what this is. It's just two people standing in front of each other. You see, people have their bias. On the left, they immediately assumed this kid was the bad guy with his MAGA hat. And on the right, they said, oh, no, some snooty kid's making us look bad. Better yell at the kid. Good job, right? And then it turns out the kid was minding his own business when the Native American got in his face. Take a look now what's happening in Ukraine and apply the same logic. The same people who lied about Michael Brown, the same people who lied about all the COVID stuff, the same people who lied about Jesse Smollett, the same people who are still lying about Ahmed Arbery, the same people who lied about the rioting and the violence, or I should say the peaceful BLM protests. They're now telling me stuff about Ukraine, and I'm kind of like, you know, I got to be honest. I've not seen evidence to back up your claims, so I'm a bit skeptical. But why should I give you the benefit of the doubt? After everything the media has done, why should I believe anything they say? You think I'm going to believe Putin? You're crazy. No, that's, that's insane as well. Two competing interests both pushing their agendas, both believing they're right and justified in what they do to get what they want. Because you think it's just the West? Human Rights Watch says with war, censorship reaches new heights. Russian authorities have threatened to fine or block 10 Russian independent media outlets if they do not delete publications about the war in Ukraine, Human Rights Watch said today. Now, I don't know why I should trust Human Rights Watch. I got to be honest. The New York Times says Russia intensifies censorship campaign pressuring tech giants. I don't know if I should believe the New York Times. And therein lies the big challenge. What if these outlets are lying to us as well? They're lying to us about what Russia is doing and if Russia is really censoring people. My understanding is that Russia does censor people. Maybe not in the same way. Maybe if you go against their interests. Maybe that is the same way, to be completely honest. If we're to operate 
on a who benefits mentality. I think it's fair to say that Russia is likely censoring people in Russia. I've seen videos of protesters being arrested and the West is doing the same thing. Why? They don't care about your immediate needs, neither Russia nor the US nor NATO. They care about winning their conflict by any means necessary. I think what we're seeing with the U.S. support of, uh, of Ukraine, even the, in the face of reporting about the Azov Battalion, Nazis, effectively neo-Nazis, you can see that the U.S. has no real adherence to any of these ideologies. They're just saying what they can to gain power and to manipulate. And you know what? It works. It does. We're in desperate need of truth. We're in desperate need of a place where we can have conversations and get real information. But it's gone. Long ago, the the powers that be in the U.S. realized that news organizations were a serious threat. We ended up with, I think, a couple different um, CIA operations, Paperclip, I think it was, and Mockingbird, where you effectively had agents placed as uh, journalists. Questions about that. Yeah, I don't know the full details on those operations, but um, it's a thing that happened. Now, there's a good meme. It's a, someone tweeted, look, I know the CIA did awful stuff in the 40s or in the 50s, in the 60s, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the 2000s, in the 2010s. And there's never been any real accountability. But of course, they're not doing anything wrong today. I don't know how long the CIA has been around, but you get the point. Why should we believe what they're saying? Perhaps Putin is right. Perhaps there is a liberal economic order, a liberal world order that is failing and struggling to gain control over the world. But maybe he's a bad guy, too. And that's it. But we really don't know. The issue is one side says I'm telling the truth. One side says I'm telling the truth. And both sides accuse the, each other of, uh, of lying. And it's a conversation I had with Stephen Marsh, who wrote the book, um, The Next Civil War. The, 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 the scenario I gave him is the story of the, the two men, one who tells the truth and one always lies. You're walking down a road and you come to a fork. One path leads to certain doom and one path leads to uh, paradise. Standing at each of the road is a man. One of these men always lies. One of these men always tells the truth. How do you know which road to take? The answer, many of you probably know, because I've said it before too, but you maybe know this one, is to ask either of the men what the other person would say and take the opposite path. Because if you're talking to someone who was honest, you said, which path would that guy tell me to take? The liar would tell you to take the wrong path. Well, of course, then you want to go down the opposite one because that would be the right path. Let's say you ask the guy who's dishonest and you say, what path would the honest guy tell me to take? He's going to lie to you and tell you to go down the wrong path. So you take the opposite path. You see how it works. There's a challenge here then. You know, how we apply that, that, that concept and that principle to what we're seeing in the media. Vladimir Putin says, I am telling the truth. Watch my media and, and hear me. And the West says, no, no, we're telling the truth. Watch our media. Hear, that, hear us. And I'm like, maybe there is no one telling the truth. And that, that's the big problem with this analogy. Maybe both sides are just lying. We don't know what's actually going on behind the scenes. I can tell you this. You have earned no favor, no quarter with me, media. When you lie, cheat and steal. When you lie about everything, when you lock us down, when you, when you manipulate, when you spit in our faces, when you ban us, when you insult us, when you mock us, and now you want us to stand beside you in whatever it is you're doing, no. There's a meme where uh, an NPC is yelling at a guy, you know, like a bl- the blonde bearded guy, you know the meme? And they're like, stay in your home, don't go out, you lose your job, you're banned from social media. Then the next panel is they're like, oh no, Russia's invading, quick help. And they, res- and they respond, 
You, 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 you smear us, you lie about us, you insult us, and now you want my help? No, I hope you lose. And then the NPC gets really angry. I certainly don't want the, the, the U.S. or the West to lose. I certainly don't want war. But am I supposed to sit here and back what the West is doing ideologically? No, it's disgusting. Joe Biden is as crooked as they come. I don't like Putin invading Ukraine. I think it's wrong. I, I don't want any war. But man, you have dirty, disgusting people like Joe Biden. A, a, a criminal family who exploited the goodwill of this country to enrich himself. So I spit on the floor for people like him. I fart in their general direction, if you guys get the reference. I'm supposed to support this guy? No way. No, I support the United States and what it stands for. But these people seek to usurp, disrupt, and destroy. And right now, the United States is in, is in deep trouble. A constitutional republic, as is the founding of this country. But it's being infected with this... Uh, authoritarianism that seeks only to get you to adhere to the machine without thought, without compromise, and through lies. No, that's evil. I'm not going to stand for it. I don't like Russia. Come on. Who does? But this could be something worse than we realize. And maybe the truth is there are no good guys. And once you realize, when you watch the media and see how often they lie, now question every historical story you've ever read. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at youtube.com slash timcast. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.